This week, we have a special episode of Pitmaster, an old Virginia Smoke podcast. Please welcome this fantastic conversation with the CEO of KCBS, Emily Detweiler, and the president of the KCBS board, Rick Wagner. All right. Special episode this week of the Pitmaster podcast. We have Emily Detweiler, the CEO of KCBS, and Rick Wagner, the president of KCBS. Welcome, guys. Thanks, Thanks for Luke. having us, Luke. Yeah, you guys have got a lot of things going on. It's a very exciting time to be uh, to be involved with KCBS. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. A time of abundance, if you will, in terms of the number of things happening. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have had the unenviable situation of basically coming into leadership right before probably the most challenging thing that's happened to barbecue in a long time in terms of the pandemic and I know from my involvement with the Mid-Atlantic Barbecue Association that there was just a lot of like head scratching and figuring out what to do. But I think you guys have really used your time productively in terms of creating new benefits for, for all the different types of members. Thanks. You know, I'll, I can talk about that a little bit. My goodness, it has been an interesting period. And when we first started getting some indications of the pandemic, no one knew what it was. No one knew how long it was going to last. You know, um, I think about it even from a personal perspective. All of a sudden, we just didn't go back to school after spring break and then summer and then fall. And, you know, it's like, what is happening? So, you know, we had to learn very quickly. And we always try to think about what's in the best interest of KCBS, what's in the best interest of our members. Um, and certainly our organizers as well. So, you know, we wanted to be able to, to help the organizers that still wanted to be able to host events where they possibly could. And so the board and I quickly got together and tried to study what was happening, study what the CDC recommended, all of those types of things to, to put in place some pretty strict protocols so that where it was possible to still have events, we could do that and we could do it safely. Um, and so I think we've learned a lot through that process. And the other thing we've learned is that, you know, we always try to listen to feedback and incorporate what we can and what makes sense for our members. And we've actually gotten a ton of positive feedback, especially from the judges about some of the things that we've put in place in those judging rooms and, and tents. So, you know, I anticipate that there are elements of all of this that will continue even after we get back to some sort of a new normal. So, right. No, yeah. and having cooked, you know, we we cooked, tried to cook through most of last year. We, we did, our goal was to get 10 scores in the system. So that's what we did. And, but there was never a time where, where we felt unsafe. And uh, I think you guys really did a great job of getting in front of that. And it took a couple contests of some of us that were, were more mass conscious than others, just being telling people like, look, if you don't wear it at awards or cook's meeting or something, then we can't have nice things. So, you know, it, it really, uh, I think you guys did a great job with that. Thanks. You know, and I think um, for the most part, there are a few people in the beginning who didn't like the fact that they had to wear a mask. But I think as it became more and more normal for people in their everyday you know, world, including having to go to the grocery store and things like that, you know, people were understanding that, hey, these are the rules of engagement right now. If we still want to participate, which we do, we'll wear, we'll go through what we have to, uh, to make sure that we can do what we'd love to do. Right on. 
I know you guys have been working on some uh, different stuff in terms of the judging programs and ongoing certification. That's is, this is a a big point for me in terms of something that I, whenever we get around a campfire, it's something that I like to talk about. You know, uh, so what are you guys doing in that regard? I can answer that for you, Luke. Um, right. You know, we looked at our our judging program. We got some great instructors for a judging program, but you can never teach that same from one instructor to the other. They all have their little bit of an interpretation. And then we had a lot of people, you have some judges that were trained 10 years ago, and some judges that are trained one year ago, and you see differences in that. And so we, we looked at it and said, you know, especially with COVID, we've all got used to doing everything just like this on Zoom or some other uh, format like this. And we said, and our kids are going to school on the computer. We said, why don't we put the judging class on the computer. Mm -hmm. And so we've tasked the CBJ committee um, and Charles is heading that up for us because he has an IT background. He's also a certified judge and a cook. And so we tasked them with coming up with the online judging program. And when I first thought about that, I said, well, that sounds simple. And then you listen to the IT guys talk about what they got to do to make that happen. And it's like, oh, this is going to take a little while. <laughs> you know, so uh, our our goal now is to have an online judging program and an online update class for all judges to take every year online by the start of next year. Because we don't want to do it halfway. We want to make sure it's it needs to be tied into our system. So when you take a class online, you click the button that indication that you've passed the class automatically goes over to your membership information in our system. We don't have to continually try to do manual things within the system. And it will get some better consistency, but we'll also be able to, if there needs to be a change of any kind, it's easy to you make it in one spot. Right. Right there. Right. And the update classes are going to be good for the other judges because you know they all have been trained at different times. And we'll get a chance to get all them kind of learning some of the same stuff too. And and sometimes it's just merely updates on rules and regs and stuff that are changing right. for the judges from year to year. So I plus think that's gonna a, be a big, a big plus for us. Yeah, and it's another it's another great touch point in terms of staying in touch with the membership and keep, keeping them actively involved. Um, I come from an association background, so hearing that kind of thing moving forward from you guys is I think it's a fantastic move but I mean you guys have way more than that going on I mean there's something about a big anniversary coming up ah yes so this is our (laughs) this year is our 35th anniversary for KCBS so that's been really exciting and uh you know from a marketing work group perspective we've gotten together and really talked about how do we best how do we best celebrate that? And really, again, because we're a membership-based organization, we believe that one of the best ways for us to celebrate that is to get our members to help tell their stories, you know? So we've been doing a lot of outreach through the bull sheet, uh, through our meet sheet, which is our mid, mid-month publication, and also through social media, just trying to outreach and ask our members to send us their stories and send us some of their photos. And it could be from this year, it could be from, you know, 20 years ago. We just want to hear the stories and really what, why they're a KCBS member, you know, how has KCBS helped 
them in their life, you know, and we've actually heard already from quite a few people who have said, I wouldn't be able to have my barbecue restaurant or my catering gig or, you know, the products, the rubs and sauces that we sell if it weren't for KCBS and what we've learned to love from a competition perspective. And, and so that's been really fun. I've actually seen a few stories as well about, you know, my husband decided to surprise me with CBJ class for our anniversary and, you know, just fun things like that. Even this past year in in 2020 at the KCBS World Invitational, we had a marriage proposal. So, you know, we really talk about how KCBS is a family, a barbecue family and its community and its camaraderie. And that to me is is such an exciting thing. We had somebody describe it as, you know, you don't see the pizza delivery guys getting together on a Saturday, but you do in barbecue. And I thought that was a really fun way of kind of describing it. So yes, we are celebrating our 35th anniversary and we're doing that through the premise of our members' stories. So all of that to say, if you haven't yet shared your story with me uh, or with KCBS, send it to us at kcbs35 at kcbs.us because we would love to share those uh, stories out. We've also got a couple of other fun events that we're working on on some local, at least in Kansas City, media pro-am events and things like that to help us kick off uh, National Barbecue Month and that 35th anniversary. But yeah, we've been around for a long time. And, you know, the organization has really grown. So the organization grew pretty organically in the very beginning and came from very humble roots. And it, it grew. It grew really fast. I think it grew probably faster than some people were perhaps ready for. And, and, then, and then the pandemic hit. And so it's really taken us back to our humble roots, I guess I would say. You know, we've had a lot of interesting things happen from different boards and things like that. But since I've come on board, you know, we've really tried to think about how do we run this more like a true business and how do we leverage our our marketing experience and the fact that we have been around for 35 years and we do know what we're doing, you know, how do we leverage that and really try to create a stronger plan and path forward for the future? So um, that's a lot to say, but, you know, we, we have sustained a lot, we've survived a lot and we've grown and we're looking forward to more for the future. That's great. You mentioned the KCBS World Invitational. If there's one regret that I have from 2020 is that I wasn't able to come to that Um, because I heard nothing but great things and great feedback about the entire event. Um, And it it seems like it was very well received and very well attended. And I can only think that that's only going to get better in 2021. Absolutely. Our Our goal with that event is to really make it a signature event around you know to be like a jack or a royal or something like that and and you'll see that when this event gets ready to roll out this year you'll see it much more expanded over the prior years mm-hmm. uh, so all the different at, uh, facets of the barbecue world get their get their day to shine so to speak and so uh, we're actually getting together as a board tonight to uh, have a we have to have a closed session to talk about the event and hopefully select the location uh, it's because we want that to be a surprise to everybody and, and the and the agenda and everything for that. But I think we're, we're just we're, we're taking this thing to another level. And it's awesome. going awesome. to be fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, one other thing I'll say, obviously, for 2020, we certainly missed you, Luke, but you still have a chance. You know, we hope to see you in 2021. Um, I was qualified, so I'm in. Don't yeah. Worry. See, there we go. There we go. 
Look forward to the dancing in the trailers. Yes. <laughs> no, I was going to say it's just it was so great to see everybody uh, for one thing, and also the addition of the backyard teams brought a new energy that even the master series teams commented on. I mean, we heard from so many people saying it was just awesome to see their excitement and their pride of of being there and continuing to help spread the message of the love of barbecue and and extension of the family. So, you know, I think that was really fun. Um, you know, as I said before, and I'm kind of the business side of things too, right? So I get to have fun, but I also have to do a lot of the heavy lifting and I'm glad to do it. So one of the things that we did this year to really take a more formal approach is we actually put together a very extensive RFP process and we did a lot of research on different types of facilities that could host us because, you know, to have 150 RV hookups and, you know, space for, for judging ideally indoors, you know, flat surfaces, all of those types of things. There aren't that many facilities across the country that can really handle that. So we, we did a lot of research up front to try to find places that could. And then we put in a formal RFP process as well so that places were bidding for us. That's another thing that we've really come to learn is that we bring something of tremendous value to the table. And so by putting it into a very formal process like that, um, we actually think we're going to be able to provide even better opportunities and experiences for all of our members. And that's not just the teams. I mean, the judges, we want them to have a great experience as well, because being selected to judge at the World Invitational is a big deal. So it's just going to be a really exciting event all around. And I think that all the hard work that we've put in up front is going to pay dividends. That's great. And you mentioned backyard and I can tell you that, especially in our area, that is a very big, there's a bit, really big move towards that, towards backyard cooks. And I've had the pleasure of working with a few of them recently, and we're actually teaching a backyard class, a chicken and ribs class coming up here on May 1st. And, you know, it's great being able to pass on the years of knowledge and stuff that we've all accumulated and just to be able to, to help, you know, I'm from West Virginia originally. So I went back home and I, I had a private class with a couple of guys that are from there and uh, man, just, just to see how excited they get up when they get a call. It's very exciting. And I know that those, those were a lot of the stories that I heard coming back from the invitational were, were from the backyarders. So I think, I think you're on the definitely, you guys are definitely on the right path in terms of moving forward with that but you There's also a lot now of room at the barbecue table you know right. we have we have room for all but you also now have a backyard team of the year program too for 2021 correct yes so uh we launched the backyard team of the year program launched in 2020 so technically this is our second year of that program so again that's something really exciting that they've been uh, very interested in and then something else that's new for 2021 is our our chase program within the toy program so i'd love to let rick talk about that because it was really his brainchild <laughs> I, I took that on i actually when i first thought about it i always had a lot of people complain about how the toy points are done and i said well I'm an accountant. I can figure out these numbers. I'll just change the toy points. And then I, I took a look at the whole thing uh, more seriously. And then I, I sent out a, a request for comments and I got a lot of comments back. And I started going through these comments. And when you do that, you look at it and you go, there are a lot of really good ideas in here. And I looked at it and said, I am never going to get this changed in one year. 
you know, because there's regionalization, there's there's different things that, that you could do within right. a toy program. And I said, you don't want to monkey with it unless you're really ready to change something that's better. And so instead of changing the toy program, we still have the team of the year program for the annual, you know, team of the year for KCBS. I, I decided to come up with these three chases and we, we segmented them based on kind of how much, how many events are in different periods. So you got November to April, and then you got uh, May, June, July, August, September, October. And those are the three periods. And the idea is you're chasing up to that period to try to be the winner of that chase or the top 10 in that chase. And it, it kind of came from NASCAR, you know, where they now got the 60 lap segment segments in a lot of these races instead of just having the everybody you know crashes at the end of the race they crash all during the race now you know <laughs> trying to get to the to winner of the 60 laps and and we're already seeing that just this uh last week or two when we started to have more events you're starting to see a lot of people get out and cook and try to get to that end of april chase that first chase and be the pretty team aware rick i'm pretty and, aware yeah. And the interesting thing about the chase is it only takes five scores, not 10 scores. And so you could you have time even today to get in and get five scores in. I mean, if you can find some doubles. OK, you, I just learned to make it happen. Yeah, it takes five scores so I can still catch. Yeah. Brad. You can you can catch him. <laughs> and all the power to him. I, I cooked against him a couple of weeks ago and he beat my butt pretty good. So. <laughs> I get him this weekend down in Florida. So this is yeah. my guess, not his. But but the idea of the five scores is so then, especially when you got these three months and three month time periods, teams like myself that, you know, I can't cook 40 events a year and really have a chance at the at team of the year overall. But I might have a time period within the year that I can really make a roll at it and try to get five good scores to see how I can rank against national players in a shorter time period. So that was the idea, and it's it's totally a, to, a a test this year, and I hope it works, and I hope it's exciting, and I hope people start to follow it, and if it does, we'll we'll just build on it from now on. Let me tell you, buddy, it is I love it, and I got to be honest with you, I got I cooked a contest in November, and then we did one in early February, and uh, somebody emailed me, and they're like, "Hey, man, you're like second in this chase thing," and I said, <laughs> "Yeah." I was like, all right, I better look into this a little bit more. And then, I mean, it's sort of because now that I'm full-time barbecue and catering and stuff from November to end of April is kind of a great time for me to compete. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. kudos to you guys for coming up with that. Cause I think it's a, and you know, there's a lot of people that have kids and families and they have events and stuff and they can only compete in one part of the year. So I think right. this is a really, really good, good program and a really strong move forward to be more inclusive with the toy program. I know this has been a subject that ever since I started cooking, that's always been top of mind. So I, I'm really happy about that. That's, this is great. Good. Well, I hope it comes out really good. We'll see if I beat Brad this weekend, I'll be even happier, but you know, I'll be, watching you. I'll be, I'll be score watching then. <laughs> Now, you guys have done some other things, though, in terms of ancillary categories and working with a couple of really big and prominent commodity associations that I've worked with my whole career. You guys want to talk about turkey and pork? Sure, I can talk about that. So we are going into um, now several years of working with the National Turkey Federation 
with Turkey Smoke. And they've really been pleased, especially in the last year, with what, with what KCBS has done in that partnership. And part of what they wanted to do was to kind of tie it together truly as a series. So this year we've got 17 events and they are listed on the KCBS website. So you can see all of those contests. And as another great way of expanding on the program, we've added in the element of a Turkey Smoke Team of the Year chase. So that's a really fun thing. So if you compete in more than one Turkey Smoke contest throughout the course of the year, those points accumulate similar to how they do in the regular Team of the Year points chase type of program. And there will be additional prize money provided by National Turkey Federation for that as well. So that's, you know, we continue continuously try to refine our program, get better every year. And that was something that we thought in working with them would be a great way of taking it to the next level. And they have just been great to work with. So our hats off to everyone involved in the Turkey Smoke events uh, with the National Turkey Federation. The other thing that's new for this year is in partnership with the National Pork Board. So that program series is called Celebrate Real Pork. And again, for for the Pork Board, and I know this very well from working with them in my past days, but, um, you know, barbecue is really important because of the fact that there's already two categories featured for pork. Um, But one of the things that they're always trying to do is to increase the loin value. And so pork chops are very important to the Pork Board as well well as to the individual packers or brands. And so they thought that would be a fun way of getting people to showcase, you know, how they can use pork chops on the grill or smoker. So we've got 14 of those ancillary contests around the country that will feature the pork chop series for the adults, I'll say, and that you know, both master series and backyard teams can compete. And then likewise, those will also feature kids queue um, with pork centric items. So boneless pork chops for the older kids and um, ground pork for the younger kids. So they've been really excited about that program um, and the Packers like it too, because again, the, the brands or the Packers, they're always thinking about what can we do to increase the overall value of the loin, uh, mm-hmm. which is where the pork chop comes from. So they're really excited about that too. That's very cool. I, I actually went and looked at the calendar for that because uh, pork chops are one of my favorite things to cook. So, and I'd much rather cook a pork chop than a steak. So that is, I, I'm looking forward to those contests. There you go. <laughs> so what Love else it. is going on? You got to college barbecue program too? We've been working with, um, yeah, so as you may know, I went to the University of Missouri, that's uh, for my MBA, and I found out through one of our friends in barbecue, Ryan Cooper of the Smoke Sheet, that Mizzou actually has in their honors college, they have a whole class dedicated to barbecue. So when I found out about that, yeah, I reached out to the professor And as we were talking, he said, you know, we've got this opportunity where we can have students actually throughout the course of the semester work on, you know, research, problem solving, brainstorming, et cetera, for different ways to drive engagement with barbecue if you're interested. So we're kind of piloting a test program. I actually have another call with those students later tonight. <laughs> uh, it's a late, late night to, to get some of their thoughts in terms of bringing, you know, college programs, barbecue, uh, collegiate programs, for example. And we've had interest from other groups that have reached out as well, potentially even for more high school type of programs. So for us, we think anything 
we can do to get younger people involved in barbecue, it's a great thing. So I don't know exactly where that's going to go yet, if it's going to be a new league, you know, a new series of, of collegiate cookers, for example, but it, it certainly could be a lot of fun. So if we can get those people involved in barbecue at an earlier age, I, I'm all for it. So we're really looking forward to seeing what the students come back with. That's really cool. I've, I've had the opportunity, I've talked about it a couple of times on the podcast, to uh, I spent the past five weeks every Wednesday doing a hour-long seminar with high school seniors about what it is to be a barbecue pit master, what it is to have a catering business, and talk about the things that I had to get better at and learn in terms of being successful. So, you know, I think we have a couple of those students who are going to come and cook with us at some contests, and it really is a cool thing. And, you know, I, I think you're right. We got to get young people in here. You know, I've been doing this 10 years and I think I'm still considered one of the young guys. So I think you are too, Luke. <laughs> yeah, so we gotta we gotta get moving on that. So well, thank you guys for coming on. Is there anything that I missed? Yeah, we got a, a couple of things. One, I think with all this these new things that we're doing, I think it's it's really an indication of when we hired Emily to be the CEO and really run the business. And it's enabled us to really get and step back as a board and be a board, strategic thinking, deal with rules and regs and that kind of thing. And Emily is the day-to-day operator. Mm-hmm. I think the the biggest thing, and, and for me as the president this year, you know, transparency is is top of mind for me. I don't think that's always been the case. And as you know, we are vigorously defending a lawsuit that we have out there. And I'll just say a couple of things about that, just just to keep the members informed, because that's that's big on my list. And we did uh, through the bull sheet and on our website, the members can get to an answer that we sent to the courts, our attorneys sent to the courts when uh, the opposing party asked for a uh, summary judgment against us. And we had to answer that. And you'll see that online. I encourage everybody to go read it. I'm just going to read one little thing out of it uh, that will highlight what's in there to, to tell people this is the kind of thing you really need to go go read the whole 14 or 15 pages yourself. But it says that this is actually right out of the our, our answer on the summary judgment. It says, Bowman's own marketing expert testified in her deposition that in her 40 years in the industry, she had never seen anything like this, where a president of a nonprofit directed and controlled the entire search process for a new marketing agency, and then afterwards submitted a bid on behalf of his own company to do the same work. Bowman's self-dealing was a breach of his fiduciary duties. And and the whole thing is explained in that. And I just say all that to say that we as a board has a fiduciary responsibility to the members to make sure we handle this thing correctly. And it's not been handled correctly by the 2018 board. The 2019 board, fortunately, uh, point that out and started to get that changed around. And then, as you know, in 2020, just as I was coming on the board, we got we got handed a lawsuit for the whole thing. We've had to deal with that. And so I, I would encourage all the members to go read that, inform themselves. We're trying to be as transparent as we can with it. Um, we have no intent to pay out a bunch of money to some any, anyone that sues us for something that they don't deserve the money for. So just so everybody knows that. I've read it the entire thing. And I found that, uh, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. encourage, you need I to encourage read everybody to go <laughs> read it as well. It yeah. will, 
it will um that it is it is definitely enlightening and uh it's good to know that uh this board is moving forward in such a transparent manner that is very well received to me it's just too bad we have to deal with this kind of thing instead of all the exciting stuff that we got going on but i've tried to take that off of emily and put it back with us to deal with so emily can go do all these great things with the, the pork board and the turkey federation and everybody else and and the chases and I got a fly that's trying to attack me and uh we can uh uh do all the great things this year and like i said we've we've got over 300 contests signed up already double what we had last year and we've we've got other people still calling us so uh lots of opportunity i want to see everybody out there get your five in and th those you want to chase the whole year get your 10 in and let's see if how you can do fantastic fantastic well, thank you guys for being on here. It's a great honor to have you. And um, you can find out more about everything that's going on with KCBS at kcbs.us. There you can also follow the chase. You can also follow the team of the year points. It's just a great tool as well. And I just want to thank you guys again for all that you do for barbecue. Thanks for having us, Luke, and thanks for uh, encouraging everyone to continue to come out. You know, it's an exciting year. There's a lot going on, and we just really want to encourage people to, to get involved. Excellent. Excellent. Well, hope to see you guys soon, okay? All right. Thank Sounds you. good. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an old Virginia Smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and share it out with all your friends. Also, be sure to check out the Old Virginia Smoke YouTube channel as well. We will have another episode for you next week. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedenka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke, LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2021. Yes. Old Virginia Smoke. Oh,